Excellent. I'm, I'm pumped because uh, I actually have the honour of participating in the internship. You can be seated. Thank you. Uh, this side was like, yeah, we are doing that. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pumped because I get to be part of the internship and I'm, I'm brushing up on my Bulgarian, so it's going to be good. Uh, I know no Bulgarian. <laughs> but uh, Land of the Dreamer is the theme that we're walking into and uh, I, I'm honoured to kick it off for the first week in November. And I just want to honour Pastor Sam and Carolina who are two of the best um, stewards of both dreamers and dreams themselves and uh, we're blessed in our location to call them our lead pastors. So can we honour Pastor Sam and Carolina? And uh, I think it's significant for us um, as a church where we're at. And uh, before I go any further, welcome to all our guests here who might just be visiting. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, It's a privilege to have you with us. And I think it's crucial for us as a church talking about this theme now, considering what we're heading into next year. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, in February next year, we're we're launching 2 a.m. services. So we're going from just one in the morning to two, which says something about where we're going in the future, that we're growing, we're reaching more people, that God's doing things here amongst us uh, that is going to transform people's lives. And so it's significant now to dream for that and to look at the future of our church and what that means for us. And so I'm excited. It's, it's, it's significant uh, for us both collectively and as individuals. Um, and I think having a dream is probably one of the most crucial uh, things to understand for our Christian life. And I mean that in all seriousness. I think it's actually a crucial part of our walk with Christ to have something on the inside of us, to carry something of God, a dream on the inside of us uh, into our world that that grows with us as we grow in maturity in Christ. And and please understand, when I'm talking about a dream, I'm talking about a promise of God that is yet to be actualized in our life. Uh, It might be a picture, it might be a word, it might be just a sense that maybe God's got something more for you than what you're experiencing right now. And you just haven't experienced the fullness yet of that. That's, That's a dream. And I believe every person is called to have a dream. A dream is significant. Uh, because it, it, it's fundamental that we carry, and it's, it's actually a gift from God to carry something of Him into this world. And I, a dream anchors us to the reality of, the, of God's best for our lives, both now and in the future. Uh, it reminds us that the best of what God has for us is still ahead of us, and it's the opportunity to participate in what He's doing now in our present. And notice that I talk about the future and the present, but I don't mention the past because whatever your past is, that doesn't have a bearing on the future God has for your life. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care what happened. I I mean, it could have been significant. I'm not trying to downplay it, but I'm just saying that your past does not dictate your future. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you and He wants to use you in a miraculous and a powerful way to do something significant in this life, regardless of your age, your gender, your ethnicity, whatever it is, God wants to use you. And He wants to put a dream in your life so that He can take your life and show the world Jesus through it. That's the ultimate goal of a dream, is that the world would see Jesus in your life. That the world would see more of our Saviour, our King. That, that's the whole thing. The reason I've got gifts and talents, the reason you're who you are, the the reason we're all different and unique is because God in His magnitude and in His his magnificence, how big our God is. I'm convinced that if all 7 billion people on earth right now became a Christian and wholeheartedly sought after the heart of God, we would still have 7 billion uniquely different people 
on this earth because that's how big our God is. We represent Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> we got to carry something of God into this world. And Jesus himself epitomized this in his life. And he walked out his life so that he could point to the Father. And so I think Jesus, I think God through Jesus gives us a pattern of what it looks like to have a dream birthed in our life. Uh, if you look, um, you, you see Jesus, you see Jesus is the fulfillment of a promise. Jesus is actually, Jesus was the dream for the Israelite people. He was the Messiah, the promised one, the prophesied one. It, throughout the whole New Testament, Jesus comes onto the scene and He fulfills all the law and all the prophets. Jesus was the dream. So that gives us confidence to look at His life to find the pattern of what God might do through us to birth a dream in us and through us. So let's have a look uh, today. Uh, for, look, for time's sake, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump around a whole bunch of Scriptures because the story of Jesus' birth, and I know Christmas is coming uh, and you'll hear more of that again, but, but for, for the sake of tonight, I'm going to be looking at uh, Matthew chapter 1 to 18. And, uh, and I'm also going to be looking at uh, Luke chapters 1 and 2, uh, Matthew 18 to 2.23 and, and Luke 1 to, to chapter 2. So uh, I'll reference them, but I probably won't read them much because uh, you can go back in your own time, but it's in there, I promise. And, and we're just looking at the pattern that I've found that, that uh, God displays how He might birth a dream in your life. Let's, let's pray tonight. Father God, oh God, I'm pumped. And I'm so excited for what you're about to do if you have not already done it in people's lives, God. I believe that tonight things are going to be awakened in people's hearts, people's minds, people's lives. They're going to get a sense, God, of you calling them into something greater. I thank you for the honour and the privilege it is to serve you in this way tonight. Let your words be my words tonight in your mighty name. Amen. Giving birth... Uh, the idea of giving birth is always a nicer idea than the reality of it, I think. Everyone who's had a baby said amen. All right, jeez. I remember when my son was born, and uh, I'm not going to tell you all the details, but uh, I remember like planning with my wife going, let's have a baby, you know, like, and we're excited. We're like, let's have four. And uh, we didn't have any at the time. And now we've had one. We're like, let's just take it one at a time, okay? Um, and, and, and so the idea of having a baby was nicer than the reality of that moment. And uh, I remember cutting the umbilical cord specifically and just going like, people telling me beforehand, like, if you get the opportunity, cut the umbilical cord. So that, that time comes and they're like, come and do it. And I'm, I'm like wrestling with this cord because it's like, it's not, it's a nice idea, but the reality of it's, it's vastly different. And I think having a dream is actually a little bit similar to giving birth. Like everyone dreams of having a dream, but then what is it actually like to live with one? Similar to children. I love my son. I think he's the best. But when you're woken up at all hours of the morning or you're doing parent life, all the parents said amen. Come on, parents, bear with me right now. Don't let me just stand out here alone. Dreams are, I mean, I mean this might surprise some of you, but I think, Anyone can make a baby, right? But it takes parents to actually raise that baby. It takes, it takes uh, hard work and consistency and diligence and a lot of the grace of God to raise that child into full maturity. And the same goes for a dream. 
Because we, we, we love that idea of living with the whatever it is, fill in the blank for you because it's all different. God wants something specific for your life. But are you willing to take that, that dream from, from fetus and, and this infantile state and this childlike moment and, and raise that dream into full maturity? I've called tonight's message labour of the dreamer. Because it's actually not just, I mean, people look at the lives of, of influential, important and famous people and stuff. They go, I wish I could have that. But are you willing to pay the price that they paid to get that? Are you willing to walk the miles that they walked to sacrifice the things they sacrificed and to do the things that they did to get where they got and to live that, quote, dream? And I, I just, I don't know. I kind of wonder whether... We've, we've fantasized the idea of having a dream. And I want to look tonight at what it actually takes to birth a dream, what, what it actually takes to, to bring a dream to life. You see, Mary was responsible for Jesus, not just to bring Jesus into the world and give birth to Him, but to then bring Him into full maturity until He was of age. Like, can you imagine that responsibility? Like, God didn't just say, hey, have the baby, and then boom, baby Jesus turns into adult Jesus, and then it's all done. No, Jesus had to grow up for 30 years. Jesus had to go and, and, and grow, and Mary was responsible for that, that dream, the dream of the Israelite people, the Messiah. Mary was the one going, no, no, please don't jump off that. Ah! Don't run, don't run, don't run. Serpent, scorpion, ah! Like, that was Mary's life for 30 years. She was old, okay, at 30, because... I mean, she was, she was probably like, maybe the Bible, according to scholars, maybe 45 by the time Jesus, maybe, eight, maybe 48 by the time Jesus is 30, because she was a teenage, like, virgin mother, that type of thing. Like, she had the responsibility at that young age to bring a promise of God into full maturity. And we, we have to do the same thing. We have to bring the promises of God in our life into full maturity. We must steward our dreams in the same way, looking with, uh, working with God to bring a dream into full maturity through our lives. Uh, so let's have a look at this. The first observation I make in, uh, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and Luke chapter 1, verse 34, is that a dream is conceived through the Holy Spirit. If you look at the story of God and if you're wondering whether the things in your life are from God, is it conceived by the Holy Spirit? Is it something that, that God Himself has spoken into your life? Is it something that, that He's whispered into your life that He wants to be influential? Maybe it's the way you run your business. Maybe it's the way that you do business. Maybe it's the way that you, you work your job or the way you raise your kids. And I, I don't want to put a particular career around it because it's bigger than that. It's, it's more than that. But whatever it is, it's got to be birthed in the Holy Spirit. It's got to be conceived in the innermost parts of who you are through the Holy Spirit. Jesus... I mean, this is a significant part of our theology as Christians because God was complete, uh, Jesus was completely God and completely human. 100% God and 100% human. That's why we can worship Him as, as who He is because He is both. And, and that's why the same goes for our lives. When we carry a dream from God, it's got to, we've got to carry something from God Himself, something of His essence, something of His plan, something of His purposes in our life. I, I would also go far to, to say at this point that under the, the idea of it being conceived with the Holy Spirit, let's not brush over the fact that God didn't ask Joseph to have the baby. I'm just saying. Joseph was of the lineage of David and therefore uh, if he had 
somehow miraculously been able to have the baby would have still fulfilled prophecy. But instead, he chose to use Mary and do something through Mary that she could naturally do, bear children, but add his supernatural power to it so that he became son of God and son of man. That's significant. Because God wants to use your natural gifts, your natural talents, your natural passions, the things that naturally drive you. If it's coffee, do coffee. And he does great coffee. Brew Testament over there. Uh, if it's teaching children, teach children well. If it's uh, whatever it is, if it's painting, if it's building, if it's being a lawyer, uh, if it's whatever. Again, I try not to put a career around it, but, but if it's your natural drive, if it's, your na- if it's a passion of yours, pursue it. I've got a friend of mine and, and he likes riding bikes and he was looking for a job. I said, apply for a bike shop. And he got the job. Because it's easier to do something that you're passionate about and then pursue the things of God through that stuff than it is to try and battle it out, trying to do something that you're miserable in and you suck at and like do something that's natural to you. Joseph didn't have to birth the baby. Mary did, okay? And that's, that's a significant thing for us, I think. Um, it's, it's significant, I think, too, because this is what the enemy does during this stage of, of carrying a dream. The enemy would try to keep your focus on what's impossible, what's, what's outside of your control, try and keep you in the opinions of others. When we look at Scripture, uh, th- we see a couple of different scenarios of this because uh, at the same time as Mary's getting uh, this, this word from God about carrying Jesus, six months prior to that, her, uh, her cousin Elizabeth has been impregnated with John the Baptist by her son. But the angel of the Lord comes to uh, Zechariah Elizabeth's husband and says, you're going to have a son and you're going to call him John the Baptist and he's going to make the way for Jesus. Okay, I'm giving you the brief overlook version. Uh, and Zachariah's response is, look, we're old and we're on, we're, mm, I don't know about this. And as a result, he was mute until John was born. In comparison, you see, uh, you see Mary's response in regards to what the angel says to her. And she says, be it unto me, what you've said, and, 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 it, and she's blessed for it. it, it beca- and, and at the same time, Joseph, he finds out that Mary's pregnant and he doesn't know her yet. And so he's like, maybe, like he's a, the Bible says he's a just guy. So he's like, I'm just going to do this quietly. We'll just make this go away and no one will know any different. But instead the angel comes to him and says, look, this is of God. This is a God thing. This is birthed in the Holy Spirit. Um, take Mary to be your wife. And so he listens to that and it, and it blesses him. This is what the enemy does. It wants you to focus on what's impossible or the opinions of others because this is what I know. Many dreams from God conceived in the hearts of people miscarriage on the opinions of others and our own self-talk. Your dream can be dead before it even starts because you start to listen to the outside voices or you start to, to listen to your own self-talk. Oh, I could never do that. Oh, no, I, my dad said I was this or my mom said this or the, co- the kids at school said this or, or whatever. And we listen to these voices or, or you believe in yourself that you're worthless or you're, you're not worthy of carrying a dream from God. That's a lie from the enemy and he wants to kill your dream before it even starts. But if we can listen to the promise of God, if we can come back to the fact that this was birth in God Himself, no word from God returns void. That's good news. Come on, that's exciting to the fact that we can hold on to that. We can take that to the bank, in other words. Circumstances might look nothing like what God just spoke into our lives, but He's faithful. He's good. And it's going to be okay. 
I'm convinced that God's not done with you. I'm convinced that wherever you're at right now, God's got a plan for your life, a purpose for your life. He wants to use you in a miraculous way. Come on, let the Holy Spirit conceive something inside of you tonight. Maybe some of you have been avoiding it. Maybe some of you have, have let stuff happen and it's, it's a bit hard to go back to that thing. Maybe you've, you've put it over the shelf. Maybe you've let it, laid it down and said, God, I can't do that anymore. It hurts too much. Come on, let, it, let God bring it back to life tonight. Take it to the bank that He's good and He's faithful. The second thing I observed through this story is that it was carried in quiet confidence. Mary, I, I mean, typically in, and traditionally, I say traditionally because sometimes we do this differently these days, but uh, traditionally in the first 12 weeks of being pregnant, you don't tell anyone. You kind of keep that as hush as possible on the download, except for potentially your mother, your mother-in-law, close friends and, you know, relatives. And you just like let that and just say, let's keep it within this contained bunch. And I think that's significant pattern for us, because when you look at Mary and Elizabeth, Mary goes to Elizabeth and she lays low after three months. And it's just like, man. How many times can the enemy try and come in at this point and you're excited because God's spoken and, and he want, and you just like revved up and you start telling everyone the dreams. Like think of Joseph in the Old Testament. He gets his dream, goes to his brothers and his brother's like, kill him. Like, <laughs> get him. <laughs> I hate that kid. Uh, the same thing happens to our life. We start telling people about dreams and people immediately put on the back foot because how dare you think about, especially in Australian culture, this is so typical, we go, how dare you think so highly of yourself that God would speak to you about something like that? Yee. Let's take him down a couple of pegs. Let's take her down a couple of pegs. Let's lock him down. This is, this is crucial that we carry this thing, this, this infantile dream inside our hearts, carried in quiet confidence. Carried in the in the in the space of going. This is what God said. Just begin to let it build inside your life. Just begin to nourish it, feed it, give it. I mean, the first twelve weeks of pregnancy is like blur to most women because it's like it's very parasitical. To be honest, you've got this little thing inside of you going, feed me. It's like alien much, <laughs> like <laughs> like. Like, all the younger women are like, I never want to be pregnant ever. <laughs> it's, it's in this point that you've got to feed it. Get into the Word of God. Feed your spirit. Worship the King. Just begin to meditate on His promises for your life. Just begin to let it, let it feed in your spirit. Let it grow in your spirit. Let it grow. Tell those people who are close to you by all means. But let, make sure they're people of faith. Make sure they're trusted people who want the best for your life, who want to see you flourish in the things of God, who know that potentially they've already heard something and can see something in a trusted leadership, who want to call out the God inside of you, who want to call out the God-given gifts and potential. Tell those people, but otherwise keep it quiet. I'm guilty of this, man. Like at a young age, convinced that God had called me to do this and just tell everyone, I'm going to be a preacher. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to be the best preacher in the world. And at the time, the big names were like John Bevere and T.D. Jakes. I'm like, they got nothing on me. And I'm like, I'm like, Sam must have just like, shut up. Like, you're like 14. Like, you got no idea. Now, does that nullify what I heard from God? By no means. Do I need a lot more wisdom? Absolutely. But I'm just saying, and, and learn from my mistakes, just carry it in quiet confidence. Bring it to people. Uh, figure out maybe a plan how you can develop that, how you can feed that, 
how you can grow that in, in a quiet place. Uh, the enemy at this stage wants to make you believe that you're carrying it in solitude. Wants to make you feel like you're isolated, vulnerable, and alone. That, that did you, like, like the serpent came to Eve, did, is that really what God said? Is that really? And, and, you, and you begin to doubt it and you, and you don't pay it the attention at this stage that it needs to to bring that, that, that infant style, like almost fetus-like dream to life and health and growth. It's at this point that the enemy wants to think you're alone and, and therefore you don't give it all that it needs to give to become a fully formed human being, a fully formed dream. I keep vacillating between birth and, and dreams. Just follow me, it's all right. But, but if, if, if you imagine this dream like a fetus inside you, growing in your spirit, it's at this point that you, it's the first 12 weeks are crucial. That's why people tell that they're pregnant after 12 weeks because it's about at this point that you're pretty safe that you're going to maintain that pregnancy all the way through till you can give birth. And it's the same for your dream. And I'm not trying to put a 12-week time frame on it. It could be years that you just carry this thing in your spirit. It could be decades. But if it's from God, feed it. Keep growing it. Sharpen your natural gifts. Follow your passions. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness. And then see what God will do. Then see how God will use you. Get around. You've got to believe this right now. The thing that's birthed in you, the thing that's conceived in you could be the thing that awakens someone else and the thing that's in them. Mary goes to, her, 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 Mary goes to Elizabeth and Elizabeth is, is pregnant with John the Baptist and, and Elizabeth is met by Mary and the, the Bible says the baby leaped inside of her and was filled with the Holy Spirit from that moment. What, in, what is inside you could be the thing that awakens something in someone else. The God thing in someone else. Oh, come on, I feel the Spirit of God tonight. Something inside of you is going to awaken something in someone else. Something inside of you could be the thing that sets someone else afire to the things of God. Maybe it's in your workplace. Maybe you don't even know that there's a colleague in your workplace or a colleague in your school, a school student in your school who's actually a Christian, but they, you don't know that and they're struggling with something, but the God thing inside of you is going to awaken them to the possibilities. Carry it in quiet confidence. Carry it with, with this building the spiritual realm around your life. Come on, Holy Spirit. And the third observation I make is this. It's birthed in simplicity. It's birthed in simplicity. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise, like the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Himself, the, the dream of the Israelite people, the, the Alpha and the Omega, the, the sovereign God of all things was born in a stable as a baby, naked. Like, the, like, he came in low, right? Like, the only people cheering for him were a couple of sheep and some shepherds. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because 30 years later, 33 years later, he lay on a cross and he split the curtain and now we have full access to God Almighty. Come on. What's inside of you, what's inside of you might start small. I don't despise the fact that I used to preach as a 14-year-old to a crowd half the size of this of teenagers who would, couldn't care less about what I was saying. That's how it started. And I've had opportunities to preach in, at conferences and do things now that, that I couldn't even begin, that I didn't even see at the age of 14. But it started at that age. It was small at that age. It wasn't significant at that age. 
Don't despise the day of small beginnings. So how it begins might be insignificant, perceivably. I mean, hypothetically, it's a business and it starts in this just this little thing, but, but you don't see that God wants to make that a franchise that changes and takes down McDonald's. I'm just trying to like get you to think the, the big picture here. You don't know what this thing inside of you, this dream inside your life is going to turn out to be. The enemy at this stage wants you to believe that your birth, the birth of your dream is insignificant and it has no effect. It's of, it's of no value. He wants you to believe that you are the victim of circumstances and that no one recognizes the brilliance of your dream. And that way, what will develop inside of you, if allowed, will be a seed of entitlement that if allowed to take root, will stunt the growth of your dream from that point on because you'll become unteachable. You'll become unteachable. You'll, you'll think that this, this dream that you've just given birth to, this, this baby dream, is, 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 it's amazing. And it's, I'm not trying to downplay that, but it's still just a baby and it needs to grow. And if, and if you allow the enemy at this stage to convince you that it's insignificant and that people don't care, you'll get embittered and, and entitled to, to think that people should have noticed this more or people should have given this more. People should have given this more attention and entitlement and and bitterness will grow on the inside of you and you'll become unteachable because you'll be like, you'll be waiting for this moment for recognition or whatever and you'll become unteachable to the fact that you still need to raise that dream. It's still a baby. Your gifts still need to grow. Your talents still need to grow. Your capacity still needs to grow. Your resilience still needs to grow. You as a person and your character still need to grow to, to sustain the very dream that God's put in and through your life. But if you get unteachable, you'll never see that dream fully develop because it'll stunt its growth. Man, so many times I thank God for what He's saved me from, for, for what He's not exposed me to, for what He's, He's protected me from in this regard, in this matter, that I've still, I believe, at least to the fact that I've remained teachable. It hasn't gone the way I planned. I'll give you that much. But I still count, I still hold on to the promise. I still hold on to the dream in my heart. And I still try and remain teachable to the fact that my moment's still coming. My best days are still ahead of me. You think this message is good? I've got better messages coming. I'm yet to preach my best message. I'm yet to lead my best team. I'm yet to see the great things of God, the greatest things of God happen in my life. And the same is for you. Don't despise the day of small beginnings, but don't become unteachable. And please note that God moved Jesus from simplicity to abundance in that moment. Like we, got, we talk about the manger and then these wise men rock up with gold, frankincense and myrrh, things of affluence, things of influence. He moved, he moved Jesus. I think those, we don't know what God did with the gold. We don't know what Jesus did with the gold. Like we, but I, I believe it was that gold and that frankincense and that moment probably set up Joseph and Mary to have a family and move forward for the rest of their life in, like, and be able to support everything that Jesus, like who knows? But they went from being not able to buy a room in an inn to having resource and asset and things of value. And God provided that of no regard for anything else. God brought that in. So don't despise the day of small beginnings and God can move you from simplicity to abundance in a heartbeat. I'm wrapping up now. What, however your dream looks like when it comes, whatever it looks like when it's birthed, guard it. 
protect it. The enemy would be willing to wipe out an entire generation to kill the God thing in you. He did it to Jesus. Read it in the, in the story. Herod finds out that he's been deceived, finds out that, that the wise men aren't coming back to tell him where this king of Israel has been born. And so he wipes out all children under the age of two in the Bethlehem region. Wipes out genocide. Bang, gone. The enemy would do that to you as well. It might not look so massacrist, but the, the enemy is willing to go to all lengths to kill the God thing inside you. To prevent it from growing into full maturity to become all that God's come. Because again, let me remind you, the ultimate dream of our the ultimate goal of our dreams is to show the world Jesus Christ. And the enemy wants nothing more than to kill that, to prevent that, to stop that from happening. God wants to use you. When we carry a dream from God, conceived in the Spirit, carried in quiet confidence, birthed in simplicity, and raised to full maturity. We carry something of God and His redemptive plan for humanity out into our world. And we're then positioned to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. With every head bowed, every eye closed. The ultimate goal of your dream is to show the world Jesus. My prayer is that you would be awakened to the promises and dreams that He has for your life. And we might all be at different stages. Some of you tonight, the Holy Spirit's conceiving something inside you. This is maybe the first time you've heard uh, the, the possibility that God wants to use you or that God wants to do something. Maybe you're young tonight and, and this is a new thought for you. God's conceiving ideas. He's pl implanting you with pictures. He wants to do something in your life. The Holy Spirit's conceiving something inside you. Some of you tonight, you're carrying in quiet confidence. You're reminded of the promises. Can I, can I confirm something for you? If you thought it was God, it was. If you thought you heard God, you did. If you thought you felt God, you did. It was a God thing and you should carry that thing in quiet confidence and grow it, feed it and let it awaken the stuff in other people. Some of you are birthing stuff in simplicity. You're beginning to see the fruits of your labour. You're beginning to see the fruits of, of a dream that's, that's just coming into the world. It's still infantile, but it's coming. You can see it now. It's outside of the womb as per se. You know, when I was preparing for this message, I really believe that there's people here who are a little bit older and you've seen the faithfulness of God. You've seen Him do Miraculous things and, 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 and you've seen Him be faithful. Can I encourage you again? Dream again. Come on, if you're a little bit older, dream again. I, I, I'm, you've, I, I don't want to diminish what you've seen, I, God, but God's not done with you. Dream again. Let Him conceive something in you again. There's another, there's another season coming for you to... Con, to, to take, uh, Psalm 71 talks about, God, now that I'm old and grey, don't, don't let me depart till I've told the generations to come of your goodness, your power and your faithfulness. Dream again. Maybe tonight, you don't know this Jesus that we've been talking about. And the first step, I would say, would be to have a relationship with Him. You see, Jesus wasn't just the dream for the Israelite people. He was the dream for all people because He came and made a way that all of us might have access to the Father, that all of us might have a relationship with God. And tonight, I wanna invite you 
to respond to that invitation that Jesus made possible, that maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus. I just, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna invite you, would you respond to, to Jesus Christ? Would you respond to the invitation that's available to have a relationship with Him? If that's you tonight, would you just raise your hand and say, Dan, that's me, come on. I, I, wanna, I wanna know this Jesus you're talking about. I, wanna, I want Him to use my life. Is there anyone here like that tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Some of you tonight, come on. The Holy Spirit's birthing stuff inside you right now. Can we all stand to our feet? We've got one minute. We're just going to worship for one minute and I just want to let the Holy Spirit speak to you to move in you. Maybe, maybe He'll conceive something. Maybe he'll, he'll remind you of the promises. Maybe He's going to resurrect things that you thought dead. Maybe that you thought you buried. Maybe you thought that you'd laid to rest, but He wants to bring it back to life tonight. Come on, Father God. I just, just pray Your sovereign hand to move across Your people tonight, Jesus. To birth things inside of people, to ignite hearts tonight, God. To awaken people to the possibilities, Jesus. In Your mighty name. In your mind in done tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank You for the divine appointments You set up that people be here tonight to hear this. And Father God, I thank You that from this point forward, we'd walk out of here carrying something of You into our world. That come Monday morning in our workplaces and Tuesday in our universities and Wednesday in our schools, we carry something of You into this world, God, that they might see Jesus. Help us to be faithful diligent, hardworking with the dreams that You've conceived inside of us, that the world may know that You are God in Your mighty Name. And everyone who agreed said, Amen and Amen. Amen. I'd encourage you, don't, don't miss a, a week of this month as we talk about the land of the dreamer, as we begin to dream again of what's possible in the future, in our church, in your life. Make sure your family's here. Uh, We'd love to connect with you afterwards. Uh, meet us in the cafe. Yes, bar if you, you want to catch up. But otherwise, let's go out praising. It's going to be awesome.